We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew Lane, your space is getting increasingly festive here. I am loving all the Christmas stuff in the background. There's a lot there. Um, I'm, I'm glad you guys are liking it. I'm glad everyone's enjoying it. I've been adding one new decoration every single show. And it took you guys, it took Jordan, the producer, seven days to notice. Uh, Craig was also seven. You're you're on eight. Uh, Bearcat, I noticed, I've noticed. I just have not called it out. Lies. Uh, good friend of the pod, Bearcat, was also seven. So you're, you were last in the party, bud. But th- thanks thanks for paying attention. Pay, ooh, pay attention to the details. Uh, Craig, wow. how you doing, bud? Oh my goodness! I feel like we just dunk on Kent all the time. I'm starting to feel I know, bad for bad. you, Kent, a little okay. bit. Just, a, I'm fine. Not not enough to do anything about it, but just a little <laughs> bit bad about it. Just a, just a little bit, buddy. How it's you doing, okay. Kent? I I've been better. <laughs> You're very handsome, though, so you got uh, that going for you. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Let's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thumb, yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. I had to say something. Yeah, I know you really did. Uh, I was a lot better two minutes ago before the show started. Uh, this is the game preview edition. Uh, we are previewing Chiefs Texans. Uh, thank you, everybody that's watching or listening. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave comments. Uh, maybe someone defend my honor. I don't know. Uh, give Kent a five star review, please. Don't do that. Give give him a five star review. Don't do that. But uh, do do leave a five star review telling Craig how great he is. Um, anyway, so what we do in this show, you guys know three story li- <clears throat> three storylines on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Start with the offense uh, against the Texans. Um, I think I think you got to start with this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes coming off a really bad performance uh, or a bad stretch of football wrapped around a good performance or sandwiched between a good performance. I don't know how to classify it. What I do know is I want to see him 
have a clean sheet this week, Matthew. I mean, that would be preferred, right? Uh, after three intercepts, <laughs> even even more than that, I, I'm going to expand it a little bit because I don't think we're, we're touching on this uh, later. Just don't turn the ball over. Like, hey, let's do like the offense don't turn the ball over challenge and kind of see <laughs> see how that goes. See how that goes for this week against the uh, Houston Texans. That would be that would be dandy. Um, at the same time, though, like I mean, I don't I don't want to stress this too much. I am not getting overly worried right now about the Chiefs turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. I think some have been I don't want to say fluky, but relatively unlucky having. Travis Kelsey break a tackle and then have the ball pulled out as he's trying to fall to the ground. Like, can it happen again? Yes. But is it likely to? Probably not. Uh, do I expect Patrick Mahomes with three interceptions in a game again? Absolutely not. Especially those kinds where he was very clearly, you know, following certain processes that led him there. It's like, I, I get it. The turnovers are becoming a bit much. I don't know if I'm panicking about it yet, but if you come out and have another multi turnover game here, against the Texans, especially if it is from Mahomes trying to maybe fit the ball into some windows that he shouldn't have. Okay. Then maybe we can have a conversation next week because that this defense isn't talent. This defense isn't the Broncos, right? The Broncos force you into some turnovers. You kind of give it a nod and say, man, that sucks, but okay, we'll figure it out. The Texans start forcing you into a lot of turnovers. Uh, it's a storyline. If, if it is a storyline. Yeah. And they did. They turned the Dallas Cowboys over three times last week Two. From former chief Tremont Smith. I Hey-o. think everybody remembers him out here. So, I mean, I I do think, yeah, uh, this is a great kind of game to get that flow started again. Get the ball protection good again. Because we're seeing it get uh, not necessarily loose or anything like that, but Mahomes is trying to fit some stuff in there that may, maybe he shouldn't test. May you know some of these other guys? Not again, not necessarily Kelsey as he's trying to pick up some other yards, playing a little loose with the ball. Punt returns, obviously they they made a change there because of ball security and turnovers. So it, they know it's an issue. They know they need to address it. Now is the time here. I, the, the, the Texans three turnovers last week, two the week before, one the week before that. But then after that, it's very sporadic. Like, they, they are not a, a team that's turning the ball over heavily multiple games in a row here and there where they're not even forcing a turnover at all. Just take care of the ball. And don't allow a bad team to stay in a game because you're not taking care of it. It's it, it, Again, this is not groundbreaking analysis by any means here by saying, hey, don't turn the ball over against a bad team. But seriously, it's becoming common enough for this Kansas City Chiefs offense and for this special teams group that it needs to be said. It does because it's just happening too frequently. We saw last week a bad team was able to hang around and get back into the game. Don't allow it to happen again and take advantage of a beat-up and bad Texans defense and don't turn the ball over. It's the only hope the Houston Texans have is if they can turn the Chiefs over. If the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, they are covering comfortably. The Chiefs have to turn the ball over, for, and the Texans have to turn the Chiefs over for the Texans to win this football game. Uh, so it's the it's like storyline number one for me, and it's story one line number one for this game. I think the other thing is execution in the red zone, uh, and that's you know something something that's been a little bit up and down here. Uh, Matthew, uh, maybe some guys coming back that could potentially help that, but. Uh, red zone offense, finishing in the red zone, pretty important. 
Yeah, so the Chiefs on the year are still fifth in the NFL in terms of their touchdown percentage in the red zone uh, at 66%. But here's the kicker. Over the past three games, that's 46%. That is a 20% drop. Like It has been significantly worse. Now, some of your opponents are going to play a role there, playing the Broncos, playing the Bengals, two teams that are relatively good at locking it down in the red zone. That is going to play a part. And it is specifically inside the 20. It's a limited sample size. Still, that's a big gap, though. That's a big number. Over those three weeks, you know, if that was what the Chiefs were on the season, they'd be below, they'd be the second, third worst team in the NFL. They'd be hanging out right there with Denver. That's how poorly they've been executing at terms of turning red zone trips into touchdowns right now. And while I'm sure the opponents play a part, you nailed it. Without McCole Hardman, without Kadarius Toney, it seems like the red zone offense is a little bit different. They don't have that horizontal stretch from the jet motion. They don't really have the speed on this roster to stretch defenses horizontally. And now all of a sudden you get into the red zone, guess what you run out of space to do? You can't stretch them vertically now. There's no more vertical space. So here you have the Chiefs who aren't really a great running team especially in the red zone. Like that's not their bread and butter. So they can't pound the rock. You can't pull second level defenders forward. You can't pull safeties forward and throw the ball behind them because you can't create that space and you're working in a condensed area. Now, all of a sudden you can't stretch them horizontally either because you don't have your two pre-snap motion guys. You don't have your two speedsters. And while they do use sky more in this role a little bit, they're very hesitant to give him the ball. They're very hesitant to throw him the ball off these jet motions. And quite frankly, Teams know that they don't give him the same respect that they were giving McCole Hardman or Kadarius Tony. And I mean, we even saw Tony got left wide open for a touchdown when he was in that role. So McCole mm -hmm. Hardman has respect in this spot. I think getting either one of them back would be huge for this. And they don't need him for this game, but I think it will be big for their red zone offense. Um, final thing, Texans red zone defense. Good seventh in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So one thing their defense is good at is kind of locking things down in the red zone. So this would be a good game to get one of those fast wide receivers back to see if that helps to see if that kind of shakes them out of this rut they've been in, in terms of converting touchdowns here. Yeah. The Texans and the chiefs have seen the exact same number of red zone, red zone trips on defense 44 and the Texans have allowed seven fewer touchdowns. Um, Lovey Smith's defense tightens up a little bit down there. So good for them. Uh, that is one of the few areas, like Maddie said, where they're, where they're better. Cole Hardman is practicing this week. You don't see him on the injury report. For those of you who are unaware of the rule, he is not on the active 53 yet, so they don't have to make any, any injury designations or any assumptions or anything like that. It is truly a wait-and-see mode with Hardman to see if he's going to be active this week, but Kadarius Tony is practicing, and I get that the Chiefs may not want to rush either one of those guys back, especially you know if it's some sort of soft tissue injury or something. You don't want to stress that by having a guy come back too early. And frankly, this is not a team that you need to be super geared up to go in there and beat. But I'm with Maddie there. It's a completely different red zone offense without those two guys in there. Andy Reid, for all of his bag of tricks and things that he likes to do along the red zone there and try and get guys open, scheme guys open, it just lacks without a guy that can beat another guy to the pylon. And there are so few guys that are on this roster right now. It really is basically McCole Hardman and you know, Kadarius Tony, and then, you know, maybe a little bit Patrick Mahomes, if somebody's chasing him, that's also really fast, but 
it's just those two guys in the structure of the offense that are getting to the pylon and they sorely miss them right now. So I would well, well welcome them back to this offense just for that thing alone. Like you can put Kadarius Tony on ice for the entire game and then just bring him out in the red zone and have him run some of that jet motion stuff, get him the ball a couple of times just to make sure that the red zone offense still still functions and then turn it back off again. And so, I mean, I think this is a this is an interesting thought where we're sitting here in the fourth year of McColl Hardman's NFL career contract year, and I maybe he has maybe he's reached some people's expectations, maybe he hasn't reached others, right? But we're sitting here saying the Chiefs are missing him because of his ability in the red zone. Like they are missing him yeah. for his ability to play a wide receiver ish. In, in the red zone, like that is what they're missing from. They're not missing his speed necessarily running vertically downfield, although I'm sure they would love to have it back. They're mm-hmm. not missing his ability to be this dynamic wide receiver or just a wide receiver. They're missing his ability to stretch teams horizontally, but they are like actively missing it. It's taken almost four years to feel like there is a significant impact coming from him. And I don't mean this in a negative way. It's very positive for him. Like We've waited four years to see this visible, this tangible impact that McCole Hardman's having, and it's this year. I mean, without him and without having a guy that can be behind him and Kadarius Toney with the injury stuff happening, there's just it's an interesting spot to be in that they are missing McCole Hardman because they don't have the one thing that he's done all four years available to him, and they haven't figured out how to change. I don't even think they've tried. They haven't really tried to do anything else, but it's... It's just interesting. I just find that that his career arc right now is very interesting to me that that's where he's the most valuable for the Chiefs is in the red zone. Yeah. One one final thing before you get in here, Kent, just really quick. Producer Jordan jumps in, saves the day here, says Tony has been limited all week long so far, and that Andy Reid stated McCall Hardman has been working on getting his weight and strength back up while returning to practice. I think from that standpoint with McCall Hardman, that what might be a little bit more of an indicator that, hey, that guy's not playing quite this week. We're going to have to keep an eye on that one because uh, he does. Yeah, that's that's interesting. We'll uh, we'll see what happens with that one. We will see what happens with the rest of this uh, offensive storylines after Tucker tells us about trade coffee. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. The holidays are approaching, so it's time to start thinking about what you're going to gift your loved ones. And if you're looking for something to get even the hardest people to shop for, look no further with a personalized coffee subscription from Trade Coffee. Yes, our friends at Trade Coffee are back. And Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they'll know you love, fresh to your home, and on your preferred schedule. Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They've been wonderful sending me new coffees that I can try, pick, mix and pair with flavorings, with different uh, creams and stuff like that. Wonderful. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off a subscription at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off drinktrade.com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hey, do us a favor. If you're listening to this show, if you're watching this show, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Helps us grow the channel. Helps more people find KC Sports Network. 18 chief shows every single week. Uh, again, leave a five-star review too. That always helps uh, this channel as well. It helps uh, us grow, helps people find it on, on Apple. So uh, genuinely appreciate everybody listening right now. Everybody watching right now. Uh, you all rule. Uh, okay, so I would say uh, Texans probably going to play a little bit of zone this week, Maddie, or a lot of zone this week, Matthew. Uh, that could be a, something to, t- to keep an eye on this week. Hey, Lovey, Lovey Smith does Lovey Smith things, right? Um, so <laughs> there, it's it's a zone team. It's a zone. It's a zone heavy defense. That was a big talking point when they drafted Derek Stingley early, and actually he played really good for them, even in zone before um, he got injured, but. So yeah, the the Texans are going to play a lot of zone. The Chiefs are really good for zone coverage. The Chiefs' best and two most reliable receiving options, really good against zone coverage. And Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes has become essentially the best quarterback in the NFL against zone coverage. So what I'm trying to say is, be ready for the Chiefs to really struggle on offense because they really <laughs> like to do goofy things. No, uh, I this is one of those things I. I don't know whether it's good or bad if you take a lot from this particular game. I feel like this performance could go a lot offensively like it did against the Arizona Cardinals where maybe there's nothing eye-popping, there's nothing that wows you from what happens, but it just looks easy and it looks concise and it looks pristine because they are facing a team that is kind of going to play directly into what they want to do. The only thing that Texans could do worse is play cover three instead of you know a lot of too high stuff that they're going to base out of too high. Like they will, don't get me wrong, they're going to play a lot of quarter quarter half stuff a lot a lot of thing cover for but it's just it's gonna be zone and i expect the chiefs to pick it apart up and down the field and i don't expect anything too crazy or exotic from andy reed they're just gonna go run their offense and play pitch and catch into voided spaces like they do every time they play a team like this i do think it is worth noting here and we were talking just very briefly before the podcast started here the one guy that the Texans have on defense that can affect the game outside of Jerry Hughes, because once again, had another very good year, <laughs> is Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Rookie safety that has been flying around the field over the past three weeks. I mean, he's been pretty good all season long, but this high second round pick has had 25 solo tackles over the past three weeks four PBUs and an interception. And when you watch him, he is aggressively filling the alley when he's coming downhill. He is aggressively attacking the middle of the field and just laying huge hits. We talk all the time about zone team, 
Juju, Travis Kelsey, they're going to eat. And they're going to eat in the middle of the field. They're going to find these seams. They're going to do all this. I still expect that to happen, but I expect a lot of car crashes on the field. Jalen Petrie's going to be flying around a little bit. So I'm looking at the Travis Kelsey matchup a little bit. He's going to get a ton of targets because – I, as I'm going to get to here in a little bit, he's just going to get a ton of targets. And then Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy that is fearless. He's not going to pull out of any challenge, and neither is Petrie. So those two guys, I fully expect we're going to see a few of these just giant hits between those two guys in the middle of the field. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to hold on. I just think it's going to be one of those games that we look back on and it's like, hey, Boy, that was a really physical game from two of the Chiefs' best wide receivers. And then you're also going to be looking at a guy that's a potential superstar safety in the making for the Texans at Jalen Petrie. He's not going to have much help back there this week either. Uh, it looks like J Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson, uh, both DNPs, did not participate first two days of practice. So it's going to be interesting if, you know, we talk about zone heavy, it might even be more zone heavy with, the lack of bodies, capable bodies that they can really rotate in the back end of their defense. So uh, it's really a shame that the Chiefs aren't going to get to play Stephen Nelson, though. I, I would have really, uh, I really would have. You, you just want to, you just want to talk smack on him. I would have, so I would have, I would have enjoyed it. Uh, it would have been a little bit of fun, but that's okay. Um, players to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Craig. I'm starting with a guy that I'd never pick. I usually try and pick guys that are a little, you know, not of the upper tier. It's Travis Kelsey. Um, Travis Kelsey, by maybe his own standards, not having his best last couple of games. And that, despite saying that, he went for four for 71 against the Broncos. It, it, just a terrific performance. But maybe not his best last couple of games. Looking at some of the stuff that Jalen Petrie had done and what the Houston Texans had, you know, kind of defended against tight ends, they've really played only two really good tight ends this year in Dallas Goddard and Dalton Schultz, you know, against the against the Philadelphia Eagles and against the Cowboys. Both of those players led their offenses in targets, receptions, and yards when they played against the Houston Texans. Dallas Goddard went for a hundred yards and a touchdown on eight receptions, and Dalton Schultz went for 87 yards on six catches. Neither one of those two tight ends is in the same stratosphere as Travis Kelsey. I expect a monster Kelsey game. I don't care what it is. Bet the over. Travis Kelsey is eating this week and continuing a stellar 2022 campaign. Wow, not even going to include they shut down Mike Gesicki? I, I mentioned the two best tight <laughs> I I'm gonna go with Marquez Valdez Scantling in this one. Um, he's the receiver that has not been mentioned yet, but there's a very specific reason. I think we talk about all the zone. We're talking about Travis Kelsey and the attention he's gonna get. We're talking about Juju Smith Schuster being reliable and the guy that gets those there's gonna get those second level of the kind of zone plays. He's gonna get the next most targets over that area, especially the middle of the field. MVS is the vertical threat. He's been essentially their only vertical threat. Sands the one shot they take to Justin Watson every game that has connected twice. So, I mean, hey, it's there. 
but MVS is their only vertical is their vertical receiver right now. And I don't, the Texans do a pretty good job of not letting guys constantly get behind them, but they still find a knack for giving up relatively big amount or a lot of explosive plays. That's how they still are not good in terms of not allowing points and yet have a good red zone defense, right? They'll give up points. They'll give up explosives. I think the MVS vertical ball is becoming a little bit more apparent here as the year goes on. It's been a little bit, it's come into play a few more times down the stretch. The Bengals game was like the last time they really were working on it. Didn't get to see it against the Broncos until that final drive, but they're pushing the ball downfield with him a little bit. I just wonder if they keep that going, find a way to scheme him into a deep shot here or there against a team that's predominantly going to be playing zone, predominantly going to be having four defensive backs playing, you know, top down because it will be so much cover four match quarters kind of stuff. I just wonder if they can get him deep on a couple because they do like, he's the guy they like to push the ball down the field with. I intentionally laid off red zone offense. Uh, when we were discussing it, um, you know, we we know there's some stuff with with McCole Hardman, right? Maybe they can get him involved a little bit laterally. Um, it looks like the Chiefs had some contingencies um, in place in his absence, uh, and we almost saw one of them a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's why my player to watch this week on offense is Colin Saunders. Uh, yes. I love Let's being on. I love being on this end of it. Look at Maddie and look at me right now. I Maddie answered him. He's kenting right now. This is wonderful. Look, the this Chiefs. Is should, your answer is just. I just hate that they're gonna do it. I hate that it makes so much sense to do it in this game. I know. I love it. So it. look, the Chiefs could be in a very comfortable situation in this football game, and if that's the case, it's yet another perfect opportunity to try to throw some looks out there, steal some time for some preparation. And also at the same time, guess what? See what you got in Colin Saunders, a very nimble athletic player uh, on the defensive side of the football. They lined him up uh, in line uh, before a timeout was called and the opportunity was ruined. Who knows? He might've been motioning back into the backfield. We don't know. We're going to find out against the Houston Texans because they're going to be winning comfortably in this game. Colin Saunders is my player to watch on the offensive he, side of the ball. Does he catch a pass? Does he run a ball in? Or is this a pop pass? Is this a Poe, a hungry, or an air Poe, whatever it was called? Bloated hungry Tebow pig, pass. right? A bloated Tebow pass. Oh, bloated Tebow. I think, I think he is a lead blocker. This week. Yeah, and you're going to be extremely let down. They're going to put him out there. They're going to make I want you think him it's something to have cool. The ball. <laughs> and they are going to have him lead block. They're going to gain two yards, not score a touchdown, and we're going to have to have wasted the down. Cool. I Listen, Corey in the chat says he's going to catch a pass. Corey, I believe you. I, I believe it's going to be him catching a you pass. You know what I really I, want? I want them to like fake H, fake halfback dive and just hit him a, hit him a pitch. Just hit him a pitch. Oh. <laughs> I, love, I don't care I how you get the ball in that man's hands. Get it in his hands. I, I, That's I just the only way I accept it, it if it's a pitch. It's the only way I accept it if it's some kind of misdirection pitch. Anything else is a waste of a down. Moving on to the defense. I've already derailed this place way too much. There's I a, only want to talk about that for the rest of the podcast. I kind of do too. You're welcome. And I love the fact that I Maddie answered harder than Maddie ever has. It's so good. I feel it's not even so a Maddie good. answer. Yes, it is. That no, is a Maddie It would have been a Maddie answer if you said a defensive, pl just defensive player and just included hey, them all. You didn't include enough options. Maddie, 
the Houston Texans are going to play two quarterbacks. Uh, why? And what does that do for preparation? At the same time, because like if they do them at the same time, like I'm in, like I'm like, fully like the Kansas Jayhawks, game. like the Kansas they, Jayhawks do. Uh, who? They have a team. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if they put two out there at the same time on the field, I'm fully interested. Like I could, I will not be <laughs> locked into any game more than this game for the next month. Uh, if they're both out there at the same time. However, if they're just you know like cycling them through or whatever. I, are you preparing for the Houston Texans quarterbacks anyway? Like it's going to be the same offense regardless, right? Based on the skill set that we're looking at here, based on, you know, what everything is going to be, it's going to be the same thing. Like with, what, what are we looking well, at? J- Jeff Driscoll and is it Kyle Allen or is Davis Mills back? It's no, Davis it's Davis Mills. Mills. It's Davis okay, Mills. It's a, Driscoll, Driscoll, people think he's a great athlete. And he's I, a good athlete. They utilize, a- they utilize Jeff Driscoll with his legs a little bit. And that's the little wrinkle that they try to introduce periodically here. So Pep Hamilton is not going to come out and hit you (laughs) with a read option offense enough to where I think it matters. If you're preparing for Davis mills (laughs) or Jeff Driscoll, like that's what it is. Like there's yes, he's more athletic. Yes. If he has to scramble or if they want to randomly have him maybe keep the ball once or twice or something, that's fine. You're not going to come out and have them run the Baltimore Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson. You're not dealing with that kind of discrepancy. You're still dealing with two guys that can technically make all of the throws on the football field. They're just not very good at doing so. So like, I don't think it matters which one is back there. It's not going to change their plan of attack in terms of run pass balance, what they're necessarily trying to do. And if I'm wrong, if I'm the Chiefs, I don't prepare for that. And if they come out in the first half and they hit me with a bunch of read options with Jeff Driscoll and his wheels are killing me, I adjust that at halftime. But like, I don't care about that leading up to the game. I let them come prove that he can outrun everybody on my defense and that they're willing to do it enough. I mean, yeah, especially since they don't exactly have their full stable of running backs back there. Damian Pierce missing. It's like, man, try trying to line up. Yeah, Corey in the chat right here. Try to line up with Jeff Driscoll and Rex Burkhead. Let's go. Can Listen. Peyton Hill is coming and they'll just run a triple option? I, well, <laughs> and here's the thing. They could bring they could call up Royce Freeman from, from the practice squad. And there's a bunch of Chiefs fans that are looking at that lineup and going, man, at one time. It, those guys beat the hell out of us like <laughs> a long time ago, but at one time they beat the hell out of us. I mean, again, any given Sunday, part of the best way for this Texans offense to try and rekindle and get a spark going on offense is to try and institute like a taste of molehill, you know, sort of offensive integration here where you've got a guy that can throw it a little bit. that can be a little bit of a bruiser, can run the ball a little bit. That That's kind of what they're looking for. By, by playing Jeff Driscoll in here. But I don't know that it's one of those things that as one of those guys comes in that, you know, Nick Bolton is standing there going, I mean, obviously he's, alert, you know, alert, alert, that guy's in, but he's not standing there going, okay, guys, now let's break out this package of defensive plays. I think they're largely going to play him the same. I think they're going to line up and try and play him the same. I think that's part of it. And, I mean, it, it is – rare that you see these two quarterback offenses just kind of come in and run teams ragged. We've seen times over the past several years where maybe that the New Orleans Saints offense has given some teams fits here and there, but it's never to the tune of like a 40 or 50 point game or even a 30 point game. The reason you play two quarterbacks is because you have none 
And so that's really what it boils down to. The Chiefs, with their defensive personnel, regardless of what you think of them, regardless of what you think of Steve Spagnolo, still have the better personnel on the field. When It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They still have the better personnel on the field. So line up and beat them at their own game. There's only so much they can do with either one of those guys. Just don't let the fact that two quarterbacks out there is going to cause you a little extra work, a little extra stress, or extra calls on the field because you can beat them regardless of which one is taking the snap. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I've been letting you cook this whole time, but did you say Taysom Molehill? Yes, I did. 100% did. <laughs> but I, I don't understand that he's reference. T- he's t- Taysom, Ho- Taysom Hill. Hill's a little bit too big. A molehill is much smaller. Okay. All right. Mound. Taysom, Taysom Mound. Taysom Mound. Taysom Anthill. Taysom. Mount Taysom. Taysom, Western Kansas. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's talk about turning the Texans over. Look, we talked about the we talked about the flip side of this. Hey, like the only thing that can keep the Texans in this game probably is if they turn the Chiefs over. Well, I want to see the Chiefs get their hands on the football a little bit. Craig said it. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Uh they don't have their best running back. Go turn this team over. Make some plays on the football. Get some confidence and play with some confidence this week, Matthew. Then what is that? Right? Like what what, <laughs> what is that for the Chiefs? Like that's that's not how this team is built or playing, at least right now, right? That's not what they do. They too often, I think even just when you watch the defensive backs, right? Your safeties aren't driving on stuff. I, I don't even want to say they're not driving aggressively, but they don't seem to be playing with that instinctive mindset where they just kind of know what's going to happen. So they're, they're getting there early. They're reacting. And Thornhill at times, Justin Reed, these guys will fly downhill. They will fly to the ball, but they're not seeing it early enough or they just don't innately know that it's happening. So they're still going to be late all the time. So yeah, maybe they can break a pass up. Maybe they can come up and make a big hit or a stop, but they're not ever in a position to really to really jump the route. Then you look outside at the quarterbacks. Young guys, Trent McDuffie's playing well, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, they're playing okay, but you're still a little concerned about the ball skills for the two later round rookies and Watson and Williams, like their tracking ability over the shoulder, their ability to play the ball downfield 
isn't superb. And Trip McDuffie, well, I don't think I've had any issues with him playing the ball. He's still small. Like, he still has to find a way to go up out of his way and beat a guy that's going to be bigger than him for the football. So whether or not he's playing it well or not, there is still a limitation there. And then it also doesn't help when the ball hits him in the face and he doesn't catch it. Like, they don't have the guys producing producing turnovers. They just don't. They don't have the guys that play that way on the back end of their defense. Their linebackers, Nick Bolton, even on his best day, is not a dynamic coverage player at a linebacker. Even on his best game when he's playing exceptionally well, that's just not his game. He's not going to be manning up on a tight end. He's not going to be driving on passes over the middle of the field and making plays in the ball. Good ball skills when it's near him, actually. That's something he does really well. It's just he struggles to get to the ball at times because that's not his game. And then Willie Gay spends half his time, not really, it's like one or two series off the field. And we have seen he is the one linebacker, the one guy on this team that seems to consistently make a play on the ball. So I don't know. The Texans will give you an opportunity, but why are we still expecting it? I guess is my, Craig, tell me why I should expect a turnover. Because that's how Spags' defenses have typically worked. I mean, (laughs) because we want them to work that way. I mean, that's really what it's boiled down to at this point. This defense has not turned the ball over regularly. That's not what they've done. And it's and it's hurt them because that's what we've typically come to realize for Spagnolo's defenses. They allow some extra yardage. They don't do great in the red zone. Currently, they're last in the red zone, but they don't do great in the red zone. But they turn the ball over frequently enough to where you give your offense a chance to build a bigger lead, you get into a pass-heavy script, then maybe you get another turnover, then maybe all of a sudden it starts to avalanche and your defense starts to look a little bit better. That's just not happening this year. So you're you're hoping that maybe against a team that doesn't have their top-flight weapons. Brandon Cooks right now had a DNP and a limited practice to this point. Nico Collins has not practiced at all this week. The rest of the wide receivers that are on the active roster right now for the Houston Texans, Chris Moore, Amari Rogers, and Philip Dorsett. That group of players shouldn't even come close (laughs) to challenging you as a defense, challenging you at the point of attack, or really running by you in a scary way. Those are guys that this this DB group should be able to glove up and that could allow the safeties to maybe gamble a little bit, try and take some chances, try and create a turnover when the offense or when the Texans offense has the ball and they're trying to run the ball and it's Rex Burkhead or Royce Freeman or, you know, dare. I, I was hoping you're going to try. No, not going to try. I cut myself <laughs> off before I even got there. Doesn't matter who it is. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, you know, uh, Jerry Snead, Justin, punch at the ball. Punch at the ball. Try and create turnovers. They are there for the taking against yes, this squad. risk the tackles. This team should definitely risk tackles. No, no, I think that's not what I'm I, saying. I, I, have, I think they already do risk the tackle. Oh. <laughs> so think, might as well. So, like, quit trying I to think, tackle and just peanut punch every time instead? I think, I think, they, I think that's a little bit of it half the time. And sometimes I think they're trying to hold off or hold guys up for the second eye to come in and try to make a play on the football. Oh, I just think they might be well. bad at it. It might be. Might be. Or the so, pass rush. Get the pass rush going. Get some strip sacks. Something. Figure out a way to create what? more of them because you need to get that energy. You need to have that confidence that you can do that as a defense because right now you don't. Wouldn't this just be a great week also, too, to maybe try to mix some things up a little bit and try some different things with your young with your young defense just to 
just to try to, you know, hey, look, if you're up comfortably, why not? Like, why I mean, not try? Oh, I feel, I feel like your logic is sound. It's really it's sound. Very I'm just sad. shaking my head because you guys I don't are both like, no, don't. Yeah. Do that. That <laughs> well, so okay, sense. but here's the thing. Like, theoretically, I would say no. Just go play cover two and dare a bad football team to beat cover two, so you show nothing. Like that would be my typical strategy playing a bad team is just go play the most basic, you know, defenses you can and show nothing. The problem is that's what the Chiefs play against good teams as well. So I don't really know how to answer this question. This might just be a see what you got kind of opportunity, is all I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, like just just see if you got anything. Just try to throw some stuff up there. Let these guys get a feel for it. Maybe just uh, this is the week you could potentially do it. Matthew, uh, you have the mystery box storyline of the week. Uh, I no, Neither Craig nor I know about what you're about to propose here, so let's hear it. So we're done talking about it. Uh, I mean, it's the Texans. Like, is there really anything else to talk about? I think we have covered everything their offense has to offer. We can just skip it, right? <laughs> sure, I guess. No, okay. Um, realistically, I don't have another point because really this team is so, <laughs> they have so many injuries. No, they have so many injuries. Like you don't know what you're about to see, right? Like we can sit here and talk about what do you do when you're facing a team that has all these injuries? You don't know what to expect. How do you defend it? Here's what I'm going to ask instead. A question to you two. Blank player for the Texans has a career game and that is how they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Jordan Akins, baby. Finally breaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, listen, I, people might remember Stop. Jordan Akins. They used to do that 12 personnel where they'd stack him there, and that beat the hell out of Spagnuolo the last time these teams faced. They they struggled to cover him. So Jordan Akins, tight end, comes in, has a great game. Jordan Akins is 30 years old. I Yeah, guess what? No, it's, it's, real this, it's real this time. He's actually 30 years old now. I've uh, just been calling him 30 since he was drafted. Because he was basically 30 uh, when he was drafted. Uh, the correct answer is Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills is actually their best quarterback. And if he gets hot, they just abandon the 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 Jeff Driscoll experiment and he torches the Chiefs. So yeah, if he has if he has a career day, I think yeah, a lot of good things are happening, especially with that receiving core. And Jordan Akins. The ghost of Jordan Akins. The ghost of Jordan. I mean, like, I, so even if Davis supposed to have a career day, like he's got to throw the ball to somebody, right? Right. So like, is Nico Collins gonna gonna? I no, he's not that's, gonna play. The, that's the point, Maddie. I mean, like, that's the ooh, point. If he has tough. a career day, this that's how they win. This is tough. okay. Players to watch, Craig. I'm on with Frank answer. Clark. Um. The last time that Frank Clark played against a top-tier left tackle, he had a really good game against oh, Trent yeah. Williams. Now, some other guys did too. I don't know if that was just a bad week for Trent or what the case may be there, but he's going up against another really good one in Laramie Tunsil. And Tunsil has been good this year. You know, He's just one of those guys that continually flies under the radar because he plays for a terrible offense, but he's been really good. Frank Clark right now is second on the team in pressure rate and in QB hits, he is just a small handful behind Chris Jones. Chris Jones has 11 sacks. Frank Clark has four. So there's where a, there's a discrepancy there where those pressures aren't 
turning into sacks. And the last time they played against an elite left tackle, he had a safety. He had a really good game. Let's see what happens because we're going to see Davis Mills. We're going to see who it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. We're going to see him stand back there in the pocket and trust that the left tackle is going to do a good job because he is an elite left tackle. If Frank can line up another one, have another good game against an elite tackle, all of a sudden maybe we start seeing him pick up some sacks towards the end of the year here. Well, this kind of steals my thunder because my player to watch is, in fact, Laramie Tunzel, a future left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs after they trade for him this offseason uh, because his cap hit for the Texans is going to be $35 million next year. Yeah, yeah, see? Corey knows. knows. Uh, $35 million next year on the books for Laramie Tunzel. He is not going to be a Texan unless they extend him. Some team is going to trade for him unless they reach that extension. Might as well be the Chiefs because they need a left tackle. Um, in all serious, seriousness, Justin Reed, revenge game versus a team that he seemed like he was kind of fed up with when he was out the door, whether it was his usage, whether it was some of the uh, reporters or media in the space that he seemed to get into it with a little bit. Just, you know, a little bit of a revenge game for Justin Reed. Maybe he can have a good game here and kind of get move on from the Bengals trash talk game a little bit. We've seen a player. I you have... answer. <laughs> We've seen a player kind of have a steady incline in their snap count uh, throughout the season. In fact, this player has had three of his four, uh, three of his highest uh, snap count percentages in the last four games. It's oh. Colin Saunders. I'm good. <laughs> I am going with Colin Saunders just so for the first time in the history of the KC Laboratory, the same player can be the player to watch on both offense and defense. Um, look, I mean, and he's he's playing well. He's played better throughout the season. He's, I mean, the, the contract year is undefeated for Colin Saunders. Like he's having an outstanding career or outstanding season, two and a half sacks on the season. He's playing a lot more football and he's played well, I think, for for big chunks of the season. Now, I mean, there's there's some games there's some games he wants back, but you know this is a guy with some athleticism, some ability to penetrate. Maybe this is an opportunity for him to get uh, another uh, another statistic under his belt to help sell himself to a team next year uh, in free agency. So Colin Saunders is my player to watch. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching this, please and thank you. It helps us grow this channel. Uh, it is time for prediction time. Time for the prediction time. It's prediction time, Craig. <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad that it's time for prediction time, Kent. Um, yeah. Thanks. Did you did you guys know that the Houston Texans have not scored more than 24 points this season at all? That's how bad the <laughs> offense is. Are they Broncosing? Because, I mean, the as Broncos bad, scored 28. As bad as I want to pick the Houston Texans to score 34 <laughs> points against this defense, I cannot. I just can't. They are so hurt. All of their impact weapons on offense are just hurt. They are hurt. Impact. They're either limited or they're going to be out. And looks at the Broncos roster. Last and week. Frankly, <laughs> with two quarterbacks out there, you just can't trust anybody to do anything. There is not a player of Jerry Judy's quality that will be healthy That's for this game for the Houston Texans. And they're going to have to score because they don't have the Broncos defense on the other side of the ball. They they have a defense that has a propensity for giving up big plays, has a propensity for giving up big plays to tight ends. And the Chiefs have a pretty damn good one of those. I expect a big game. I expect that we will see Chad Henney. 
I, I don't think that the Chiefs are even going to necessarily have to play that well for this to become a bigger game. I'm going Chiefs 31, Texans 10 in this game. You were you were explaining why the Texans weren't going to score a lot, and I literally just checking boxes. That was the Broncos. That was the Broncos. That <laughs> was the Broncos. And the only difference is it's Jerry Judy versus Laramie Tunsil is like the one good player on the other team. Like they still have an All Pro player. Is, <laughs> is, is Laramie Tunsil routing up Joshua Williams though? Do you want me to answer this? <laughs> He's not. He's not. But. <laughs> Put Larry me over the ball, see what happens. At least not three times. He's not. How about that? <laughs> okay, so um, I I kind of I mean I'm nervous. Like this very much aligns a lot like the Broncos game. It's a very it's a bad offense to begin with, and they have a ton of injuries. The offensive line stands one guy's not particularly good. The quarterbacks have not played good this year. They are down a couple weapons in the receiving room. They don't really have their full array of weapons, and it's not like they were playing that great when they did. The running back room also banged up, missing the heart and soul of their offense. Again, you don't know if I'm talking about the Broncos or the Texans right now. Here's the thing. The Chiefs went up 27-0 on the that Denver Broncos team. I'm sitting here saying the same. The Chiefs went up 27-0 on them. I expect a similar offensive performance, especially because the Texans' defense isn't as good as the Broncos. I think the Chiefs will have a little bit of something to prove because they didn't play a clean game last week. They'll be focused. They'll be ready this week. So I think you're going to get that same kind of offensive performance. If that happens, no chance that they come out and turn the ball over two times in the three minutes of the first half and then come out and like allow touchdowns and all of those. They jump out early on them. I expect they just kind of coast and ride it out. I don't think they lose the focus this week. So I'm going to go 33 to 16. Texans get a little bit of garbage time points, but I mean a big, a big win for the Chiefs, just like the Broncos game looked to start. I'm not even sure the Broncos could capitalize the same way the Bron- or the, the the Texans can capitalize the same way the Broncos were able to honestly. Even if those situations arose, like I think Russ caught lightning in a bottle differently than Davis Mills or whatever, <laughs> or or Jeff Driscoll, whatever quarterbacks in that possession, right? I I think it's gonna be an ugly football game. I don't think the Chiefs are gonna show much. Uh, I don't think it's ever gonna be in question. You're never gonna be nervous, uh, but it's gonna be an ugly football game 28 17 chiefs i don't mm. think it's even so, that close. Oh, oh i don't i it's, don't like that that gives me bad vibes i just got done talking to dj about that packers chiefs game from 2011 and how the packers let them hang around i don't like the fact that that you're predicting that close game well i mean I, it, two kyle orton's playing for the texans i don't know <laughs> like i don't know i just i i don't i think it's gonna be an ugly football game and I don't really care. I just move on, get this, get this game out of the way, and let's just let's just move on to the next week. Keep stacking wins. Hopefully, hopefully they'll you know figure stuff out and peak at the right time. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory game preview. Thank y'all so much for watching. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. 
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. 